Well, good morning. We are continuing our sermon series this morning, uh, looking at one of the Psalms of Ascent together. Each week as a church, we are going to look at one of the Psalms from Psalm 120 to Psalm 134. And a lot of people think that these songs were collected for pilgrims to sing on the way to Jerusalem for one of the yearly festivals. They are, as Pastor Aaron said last week, songs for the road, songs for pilgrims making their way. And there are some great truths in all these songs for you and I as we walk in the way of faith together. So this morning we're going to look at one of the songs of Ascents, Psalm 125. We just sang it, but let me read it for us. You could find it in your order of worship or you could just listen as I read. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abides forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people from this time forth and forevermore. For the scepter of wickedness shall not rest on the land allotted to the righteous. Let the righteous stretch out their hands to do wrong. Do good, O Lord, to those who are good and to those who are upright in their hearts. Those who turn aside to their crooked ways, the Lord will lead away with evildoers. Peace be upon Israel. This is God's word and it's given for our good. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for the fact that we can come to you, whether we are excited today, uh, whether we are weary, whether we are numb, whether we are frustrated or angry with our lives or with you. We know that you are here, you are present, and you meet us wherever we are, and you offer us hope and life and grace and the truth that we need to hear. So may that be true even as we look at this passage together. In your name, amen. So I recently was talking with one of you about the experience of living through 2020 and 2021, about the early stages of COVID and what it meant for our day-to-day lives. And I shared something that happened either late 2020 or early 2021. Those years are a blur to me. But I know it was a time when you were allowed to go into stores, but you had to go in just a certain amount of people. You had to stay six feet apart if you could, and you had to wear a mask. So I remember I was out for a walk on my day off, and I was on a phone call with someone. I had my AirPods in, and I was walking around, and since I was outside and by myself, I did not have my mask on as I'm having this conversation. But then I got to Aldi, the store I needed to grab a couple things for, and I went in and started walking through the aisles looking for the things that I'm looking for, and I'm walking up and down the aisles. I'm still on this phone call. And all of a sudden, there's this woman, and she's trying to talk to me, but I can't hear her because my AirPods are in. So I tell the person I'm talking to, hold on. I take the AirPod out, and in a very gracious way, this woman says to me, did you forget to wear a mask? And I realized immediately that I had been walking through the store as the only one without a mask on, and so I immediately felt embarrassed and ashamed, and I started going for my mask while moving towards this woman to apologize. I was mortified that I had done this, so I wanted to make things right, and as I'm moving towards her, she's backing away in horror. I did not make things right. In fact, when I shared this story with one of you recently, uh, the person said, I bet she still tells the story about this crazy man in Aldi without a mask trying to give her COVID. There was this problem, and I tried to solve it, and I did not. There was a mistake I tried to correct, and I ended up making it worse. 
And I was thinking about this story as I was working on this sermon and as I kept reading over this beautiful psalm. See, this psalm, I believe, addresses some problems that the people of Israel had back then and problems we have as well. And I kept thinking this week about how often we try to fix the problems ourselves and we make it worse. Psalm 125 offers good solutions to problems we face. But like me and Aldi, we sometimes try to find our own solution and actually make the problems worse. Hopefully I'll be able to explain this more as we look at this psalm together. Psalm 125 is a song about finding security and where to find safety, where to put our trust in. And this is a great song for you and me to sing today. Many of us long to be secure in our lives. We long to trust in something to keep us safe and stable in an often difficult and broken world. Our longing for security and stability is a good longing. But the problem is sometimes we look to the wrong things to put our ultimate trust in, and it makes our situation worse. Some of us right now have a false sense of security today because we have placed our trust in the wrong things. And look, many of these things we place our trust in are good. Job security, our health, our good standing before others, our money, our family, our reputation, our status, the way that we can handle anything that is brought before us. These are things that are good and where we often place our trust in and the solution becomes the problem. You see, we like the original people that this song was written to think we have what it takes or we know what we need to hold on to in order to be strong and stable. We think we are strong enough ourselves to overcome anything. We have what it takes. But the solution often becomes the problem. When the job stops being so satisfying, when the marriage goes through difficulties, when the health report is not great, when the stable relationship stumbles, when we fail at the things we thought we would never fail at, our stability and security crumbles before us. And this is especially true when we face the pain of this world and the reality of evil and wickedness that we all experience we find ourselves unable to have any stability at all. We're going to see in verse 3 that the scepter of wickedness does not rest. What this song is saying is that in our world, until Jesus comes back and makes things right, the rule of wickedness will not end. Now some think this song was actually written for people when they were under the reign of an enemy nation. That this scepter of wickedness is pointing to the oppression that the people of God were facing by a foreign power. And this definitely happened in the life of Israel we know of. Now, we don't know if this song was written to people who felt like they were or were experiencing under an evil ruler, but maybe this is how you feel today as a follower of Jesus. I mean, in the past, religion was broadly seen as something good or at least benign. But today, increasing number of people think the church and religion is bad for people and a major obstacle for social progress. Maybe this, for you, feels like the scepter of wickedness in your walk. It is true that some traditional traditions' beliefs are now viewed as, for some, unjust, dangerous, and perhaps even evil. 
It is true that the values that some, that Christians have held for a long time, some are seen as problems in this world and something that needs to be avoided. And perhaps how we respond to this reality causes more problems than solutions. You see, I think some of us, when we face this reality of how we live in this world as followers of Jesus, and we feel hopeless. We think evil will always win out, and so we have given up. Some of us, maybe in this room, we see the wickedness, we see the evil, we see the world is different than what we want it to be, and we just want to fight. We want to uh, respond that with power that we believe we need to have because it's us against them and we need to win. And then some of us, when we face the evil and the problems of our world, we just want to retreat. (laughs) We want to avoid the wickedness. We want to insulate ourselves and those that we love from what we think is a terrible world that has nothing good to offer us. And look, the reality is evil is real and this psalm is right to say that the wickedness will not rest. Evil appears to have the upper hand at times, and it does cause us to fear and waver at times in our faith. And so I get why some of us at times respond feeling hopeless. I get why some of us respond at times wanting to fight, and I get why some of us respond at times wanting to retreat. Maybe these are things we need to do sometimes in this world around us, but as we face the evil of this world and we face the evil in our hearts... (laughs) I think we need to start where this psalm starts. We need to see and believe that this song of ascents points to an important thing for us on our journey of faith. You see, in this confusing age we live in where we might feel insecure or under attack by evil, we are called to trust in the Lord. We are called to see the firm, secure safety we long for is not found in ourselves, but in our God. We're called to trust in our God who promises to surround us, to keep us, to do good for us. So let's be encouraged as we look at this psalm of hope on our journey of faith. Our psalm begins with these important words that we must believe and apply to our lives. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion. This song is a song of confidence, a belief that trust in the Lord means we will be anchored We will be immovable. We will be like the mountain of God. God, Yahweh, is strong and stands firm. Mount Zion is strong and stands firm. And the people who trust in Yahweh, we too are strong and we can stand firm. And this is good news for us. Our security does not lie in our inner strength or our ability to be strong. Our security lies in God who makes us strong. Even if we don't feel that strong, even if we don't grasp the riches of God's grace, even if we lose sight of God's kingdom and his call in our lives, our feeble and frail belief, our failures and mistakes do not take away the truth that if we trust in God, if we believe in him, we, like Mount Zion, are stable, immovable. We are a mountain. God promises as well to secure us to surround us, to protect us. Verse 2 says, As the mountains surrounded Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people. The city of Jerusalem was set in the saucer of hills. It was one of the safest cities because of the protective fortress that these hills 
these mountains provide it. What a beautiful image to consider in our lives. As the mountains surrounded the city, so God surrounds his people. And what this means for us today is when you're in the midst of a trial, when you're in the midst of a struggle, when you're in the midst of a difficult time, when you're feeling overwhelmed and trapped by the circumstances around you or by the sin that is tempting you or by the pain of living in this world, we are surrounded by the Lord like Jerusalem was surrounded by the mountains. What this means for you and me is we are secure. And this is hard to believe at times. It is very hard at times in our world to believe that we are secure and safe. And I probably shouldn't admit this, but uh, in thinking about this idea of believing we are secure and safe, I immediately thought about one of my favorite videos I love to watch online about people not feeling secure or safe. Perhaps you've seen these videos. They're usually at an amusement park, and there is some scary ride someone's about to go on, a giant drop or a slingshot into the air. And in the videos, the attendant for the rides, just before the ride's going to take off, starts telling the people that are about to go on the ride, is your bar securely safe over you? Or something seems wrong with your seatbelt. And the video is showing the people's faces that start getting nervous as they're looking around wondering, are they secure? And then the attendant says something like, all right, there's a problem with this ride. We're going to need you to have to go off before it can be read. And as he says it, he pushes the button and the ride goes off. And I got to tell you, the pure terror on these people's faces when they think they are not secure and safe makes me laugh every time. I know it's cruel, but it's funny. But here's what is not funny. I think many of us feel like we're on that ride right now when it comes to God. I think many of us are wondering, what are you doing? Why aren't you helping me? Why don't I feel safe? I mean, we have so many struggles in this world, and if God is to be trusted, why would he allow us to go through the things we're going through? And we're not sure, are we safe? You know, it's hard to believe that God has us secure when our circumstances seem to convince us that he's not surrounding us with his protection, like this psalm says. We all, we all have times when we doubt, when we question, and we wonder, what is God doing right now? The reality of our lives is we hear that God promises to protect us and surround us, but our circumstances seem to say otherwise, and we do not feel strong and secure right now. But here's the thing we have to believe. Our security can never come in ourselves or our circumstances. Our security must be in God. Our security can never be in ourselves or in our circumstances. It must be in God. Because it can't be about how we even feel about God. Because our feelings are not always accurate about what God is doing, especially when we struggle. Our feelings about God at times are not what the scriptures reveal to us about our God. How we feel about God is not as important to what we know about God that we find in his word. And what we know about God here in our passage and elsewhere is that God promises to know us, to love us, to protect us, and to surround us and to offer the security we deeply need. Look, every one of us 
even if we try to fake it and pretend like it's not true, we have our ups and downs when it comes to our walk with God. We're believing strongly one day and we're doubting the next day. Two steps forward, one step back. But here's the thing. In all of our stages where we are in our faith right now, God is faithful. You might be right now running from God, but if you are his, if we are his people, he will never lose us. He who has began a good work in us will finish it, will complete it. Our confidence, our security, our perseverance is not based in how well we perform as a Christian. It's not due to how faithful we come across to other people. It's not due to how determined we are to do better this week. Our confidence, our security, and our perseverance comes from the Lord who surrounds his people. From the Spirit of God who seals his people. And from the shepherd Jesus who leads his people all the way to the heavenly city of Zion that he has promised we are going towards. Brothers and sisters, the Trinity surrounds us as daughters and sons of God. We are God's people. We find our stability and our security in the love of the Father, the love of the Son, and the love of the Holy Spirit. And even though the scepter of wickedness does not rest, nor does God's protection ever rest. Now there are times for sure when it seems like the scepter of wickedness is too powerful for us. There are times when evil seems to be winning and it has complete control over our lives. But evil is always temporary. And evil does not have the power it claims it has in our lives. We have to fight against evil. We have to be aware, as it says in verse 3, that the truth is there is a danger that the righteous might stretch out their hands to do wrong. Evil at times seems to have the upper hand and the righteous are wavering. And maybe this is you right now. Maybe you feel like your hand is stretching out to evil all the time. Maybe right now you are trapped in an addiction that has overtaken you and you don't know what to do. Maybe you keep finding yourself continually doing the very thing that every Sunday when you're here at church you promise, I will not do this week. And you do it again and again and again. And maybe you've stopped fighting. You've given up. You think evil has already won. Listen, evil does not have the power it claims it has on you. Jesus, when he taught us to pray, the great prayer he taught us to pray, one of the things he said we need to pray is that God deliver us from evil. And the reason he asked us to pray this prayer is because he believed that God can deliver us from evil. Our New Testament lesson that Rachel read has this amazing promise to us. God is faithful. He will not let us be tempted beyond our ability, but with temptation he will provide a way of escape that we may endure it. Listen, stop believing the lie that you are beyond hope. You are not beyond hope in Christ. Trust in the Lord. Stop trusting in your own strength and promise to not do it again. Believe in the Lord, not in your ability to make things right. God is faithful and will not leave us without help and hope when it comes to fighting sin. God is more powerful than any scepter of wickedness that is tempting you right now. See, those who are trusting in the Lord today, we have been delivered from the scepter of wickedness, or as the Apostle Paul said in his letter to the Colossians, we have been delivered from the dominion of darkness, and we live under the reign of God's Son. 
See, over and over again in Scripture, we see the call to trust in the Lord. We see the call to know and fear the Lord. We see the call to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, to walk in the light. Or as our passage says in verse 4, to be good and upright in our hearts. This is the call of this passage. And we all fail at it often. This is our call, even though we forget that we're called to live this way. So we often wander like sheep. But God, the faithful shepherd, pursues us relentlessly. We often break the promises to God again and again and again, yet the good news is God has never broken a promise to us ever. I like what Eugene Peterson says about this in his commentary on this passage. He said, all the persons of faith I know are sinners, doubters, and uneven performers. We are secure not because we are sure of ourselves, but because we trust that God is sure of us. We are secure not because we're sure of ourselves, but we're sure of who God is for us. That's why this psalm can end with these words of hope. Peace be upon Israel. Despite the way we feel insecure in our faith, despite the fact that we experience a scepter of wickedness never arresting, despite the fact that we are all sinners and doubters and uneven performers, we are offered peace. Peace be upon Israel. Peace be upon the people of God. Peace be with you. True and lasting peace that says those who trust in the Lord cannot be moved and they will abide forever, as it says in verse 1. True and lasting peace that lets us know the Lord surrounds his people from this time forth and forevermore, as it says in, chapter, in verse 2. Those who trust in the Lord will dwell and abide and be securely settled forever. And how do we know this is true? How can we believe this to be true? Because Jesus, who is called the Prince of Peace, came to offer us the true peace we need. We are given peace because of what Jesus has done for us. See, Jesus allowed the scepter of wickedness to do its worst on him. Jesus accepted the scepter of wickedness that nailed him to the cross to die so that the wickedness will never have the power over us we think it has because of who we are in Jesus. May you know, may you believe, and you, may you live out the truth of everything that Jesus has done in his death and resurrection that gives us peace, that gives us security, and that gives us the stability we long for and we need. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you for this song of hope. And we pray for all of us in this room that we don't just believe this for a little bit on a Sunday morning when we go to worship, but may we believe this when we go and live our lives in an often dark and painful world. Father, thank you that you protect us and you cover us with your love and your security and your peace. And I pray that even this week, for each one of us in this room, that we will get a glimpse of it, even a little bit, of how you are here for us and provide everything we need. In your holy name, amen.